Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Catholic Spectrum, where each week I talk about topics related to Catholicism, autism, activism, and pop culture. And today, I will talk about my thoughts about WandaVision, which just wrapped up last week. Now let me explain what WandaVision is before we get into opinion of it. WandaVision is a limited series and the start of Phase 4. Originally, Black Widow was going to be the start of Phase 4, but the pandemic changed that. And the reason WandaVision was continued instead of Black Widow is WandaVision was done on interior sets. I don't know if they're still working on Black Widow at the time of this. I'm trying to find out that sort of thing. But for now, WandaVision is the first part, and the next part will be another series called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. WandaVision follows what happened and as a result of the events of Infinity War and Endgame, with the Vision now dead, supposedly, and Wanda is now living in Westview and using her reality-warping magic to create a whole new version of Westview based around sitcoms. Each episode of the, each of the first four or five episodes or so parodies a different decade of, of sitcom tropes. So you're starting with the 50s and going on up through the 90s. Um, the townspeople are also based around the different tropes. And Vision is now alive. And we also have magical constructs of... I mean, that, are act that serve as Wanda and Vision's children later on. This story is meant to be an adaptation of the House of M storyline. Which, by the way, I haven't read yet. I'm going to go back around to read it eventually. Vision was killed off in... I mean, Vision and Scarlet Witch were both introduced... I mean, Vision and Wanda were both introduced in Captain America's... I mean, Vision was introduced in Age of Ultron, while Wanda was introduced in Civil War. Although there were teasers for her in Winter Soldier. Wanda survived the Infinity War, but Vision did not, and his erasure and his death was unreparable. I mean, irreparable. Sorry. So that's where we are right now. This ep this lasts for nine nine episodes. It is a mini series, so there are no. So this will not be a something that will get another season down the road. This is a one-and-done thing. So, let's take a look at what I think of it, starting with the cons. My first problem with WandaVision is the sitcom element. Now, I'm not someone who doesn't like sitcoms at all. In fact, I enjoy them quite a bit. I grew up with a lot of them. But, I didn't really know this was what was going to go on. You see, I tried to... Pay, pay as little attention to trailers and back behind the scenes stuff as much as I can until the story is rolled out and I've seen it myself. 
So I didn't know this was going to be happening. And I, but because of this, but I was just um, not prepared for this sort of thing. And it was kind of weird at first to follow it this way. And they threw in the laugh track in there. So I felt like, oh, I'm supposed to laugh at this. But I wasn't. In fact, it took several episodes before I started laughing at stuff. I didn't realize that this was all faked out anyway. Until later on. Now. That was my first problem. My second problem was because of the consistent laugh track. I really felt like the writers were going around patting themselves on the back thinking. Oh we're so clever. We're coming up with all these clever parodies of sitcoms. Which, by the way, hasn't has actually been done before. There's a movie called Pleasantville that I haven't seen yet, but I'm going to. That I've heard does this kind of stuff better. And uh, I will appreciate. I do appreciate what was done with the series. I'll get into that in the pros. But that's my main problem with this, and it, and I think part of the problem especially applies in the '90s. Because when we get to the 90s parody, let me explain what each one is. The first episode is I Love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke parodies. Then the second episode, we get into the 70s where they do the Brady Bunch. The third, the third uh, decade that they do is the 80s where they do... So they're basically doing the family-oriented sitcoms. They do Growing Pains, and I figured that out right off the bat because I've watched Growing Pains. And then the 90s rolls around. The 90s, I didn't figure out at all because I've never watched one episode of Malcolm in the Middle. And that's what was going on there. So me not being familiar with some of the tropes made it kind of difficult to follow some of the parody. So because if you don't, if you're not familiar with what's being parodied, it's hard to follow a parody. So. Going in, in fact, I'm someone who gives, who likes to give something new a try. I give it like about four or five episodes to kind of get a feel for what it, for where it's going before I decide whether or not I'm going to stick around. And to be honest, I almost dropped it by episode three. Episode four came around and I slowly started to come around to it. I was almost ready to fake watch when I got to episode four. By fake watch, I mean take the little bar that Fast forwards and rewinds and go all the way to the end so that the thing gets off my queue. Because I don't know how to erase it from my queue without doing that approach. I now have to do it on Netflix, but this is Disney Plus, so the rules might be a little different. And I stuck around, and I'll explain why I stuck around in the pros. And actually, there are some things I like, so don't worry about that. So let's get to the things I do like. So what did I like about this show? Well, that started with episode four. When our heroes, when our supporting cast was introduced from S.W.O.R.D. And the first of these that we got introduced was Monica Rambeau from Captain Marvel. Who is now all grown up. She was a little kid in the original movie. And we also meet Jimmy Woo from the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. And 
Darcy from the Thor movies, and all three of them are employed by S.W.O.R.D., and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Monica goes in, I mean, infiltrates Westview and becomes and succumbs to Wanda's influence to become Gloria, so she kind of forgets what's going on. But once she, once we figure out what she's doing, we see that we start to see things from her point of view. We're also introduced to Agnes early on, and Agnes is basically Wanda's nosy neighbor. But we learn midway through, spoiler alert, Agnes is actually Agatha Harkness. Now, for those who don't know your comics, Agatha Harkness, there are actually two versions of her. There is the good version, who is in the main line, who is a sorceress who's been around since the witch trials, maybe even longer than that. And she actually helps Wanda figure out her powers. Then there is the ultimate version of her, who is evil. So our version, so the version we have in the MCU is much closer to the ultimate version. And she is actually trying to, and she is not affiliated with S.W.O.R.D. She is acting of her own volition because she is curious about what Wanda is up to and trying to see what she can do about it. See what kind of power Wanda has. We also find out why Wanda picked out the sitcoms, and I like this approach because we get to find out that, yes, she actually was grieving over the loss of both Quicksilver and Vision. Quicksilver was killed off prior to the Infinity War. He died in... Age of Ultron, and yes, there were political reasons for that, but it's still nice to see that even with the political reasons, his death still matters. And I liked the introduction of him, even though he was a pawn in the schemes of Agatha, although not quite of his, although he did quite seem to know what was going on. I didn't like what his real name was, really, folks, Ralph Boner, seriously. But hey, maybe we will get And I also found it interesting that instead of the Age of Ultron version, we got the X-Men version, which I'm not sure I like that because I have a mixed, I have an even more mixed feeling about the X-Men movies than I do about the Avengers movies. And I haven't even watched all the X-Men movies or rewatched all the X-Men movies because some of the X-Men movies I didn't like what was what I heard about them. I'm still going to go around to watching them, maybe rewatching some of the eventually. We'll have to see about that. The big fights were pretty good too in the final episode. The final episode was what really helped my opinion to change. The big fights were pretty good. Um the Vision and White Vision fights were pretty cool. The White Vision being a Vision that they tried to make from what was left. And the fight between Wanda and and Agatha was pretty good. I liked how they wrapped it up, too. The, The fight ended in a pretty clever way. And I like it better when a fight ends in a clever way as opposed to explosion, explosion, explosion. So I really have to hand it to the writers for doing that. For having Wanda, I mean, for having Agnes make Agatha make the mistake of giving her some little, a little lesson, which Wanda actually applies later in the fight. 
And I also like that there are consequences involved. She Wanda has to free everyone and I like that Monica actually forgives her for doing it and actually understands why she did it, saying that she lost her mom and if she had her power, she might have done the same thing. But we also are meant to see that, yes, what Wanda was doing was wrong. So I like that, too. I like that there are that she still has to deal with some grief because it turns because once she was once she took away the force field over Westview, that also took away her family and the fake, meaning the fake vision and the kids now no longer, quote unquote, exist. So that was a pretty cool wrap up to the whole thing. So all of this, what might set up some things for further down the road in Multiverse of Madness, which is the Doctor Strange um, sequel. So I don't know if this means that Wanda is now going to be a villain rather than a good guy. Probably more of a, probably a villain. We'll see. And this, and there are also setups for Secret Invasion because we see Monica meeting some more scrolls who were introduced in the Spider-Man Far From Home teasers. So now let's move on to my next thing where I tell you whether or not, I mean, tell you my final grade and whether or not you should watch it as well. Now for my, I mean, now for my opinion on whether or not you should watch it. Well, if you haven't watched any of the Marvel movies, I would say no. Wait until you have seen pretty much all of them. But you should, but you should definitely wait until you've seen and see them in the correct order that I've told you to watch them too. You especially need to see Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, Civil War, and Infinity War and Endgame. The main stuff. Wanda wasn't in the rest of those movies, so you don't need to worry about those. But to just, to understand what's going on, and I guess you need, and Wait, you need to see the Thor movies, too, so you can know who Darcy is. You need to see Captain Marvel, so you can know who Monica is. And you need to see Ant-Man and the Wasp to know who Jimmy Woo is. And, of course, you need to see Ant-Man to understand his relationship to the rest of the Marvel Universe as a whole. But if you've seen all that, should you still watch the WandaVision Story. And I say yes, but bear in mind that it's going to take a bit of a slow burn before you start to like it. It took me about three or four episodes, so this is definitely a show you need to stick with. So if you don't have the kind of patience to stick with something, then I would say no, stay away from it. So what's my final grade on WandaVision? I would say I would give it a C+. Plus. Because the slow burn makes it kind of difficult to like, but once you get in, but once you get to episode four, so you have to really stick with it, it starts to get good. It slowly gets to, starts to get good around episode four. Episode five kind of dips. Episode six starts getting back good again. And then when we get to the reveal of Agatha, things really start to get good. 
And and uh, just like with the Mandalorian, the different episode lengths can be a bit confusing. The last two episodes are worth an hour, are worth uh, last about forty five minutes to an hour, and the ones before it last to about last between thirty and forty minutes. I didn't mind it so much. I like. It. I mean, the longer it lasted, actually, the better it got. So because there was more time to do it. Oh, and by the way. When you get to episode 7, I believe, there are also in-credits things. So don't fast-forward to the end because you might miss something. Actually, what I did was I just kind of slowly got there. I mean, slowly fast-forwarded so I could see where the credits ended and jump right to the teaser part. Because I know from experience, the teaser matters. So all it, so like I said, all this will lead into um, multiverse of madness and secret invasion. Testing. Okay, good. Sorry, I heard that little noise and thought something else was going on there. Sorry about you guys having to hear all that. Anyway, so the next thing that's going to come along is not going to be Black Widow, but it's going to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was previewed in I mean, during the Super Bowl. So I don't and they they haven't set a date for that yet, so I don't know when that's coming. So we'll have to see what happens there, but that will be the next thing I review most likely unless Black Widow gets finished in the meantime and released. So I'm going to give this overall a C plus for getting better about episode four and five, and then starting to really get good about episode seven. So that's the show. You can find past me. Next week, we will talk about one of my favorite saints, St. Maximilian Colby. You can find the past episodes of the, of the Catholic Spectrum on your favorite podcast app, including Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Please write a review. Please share this around your Facebook with your friends. I will be on Facebook around April 4th. So you, but you can also find me on Amino as Radical Edward. You can also find me on Wrong Planet as I mean, under my real name, Jason Thayer. My email address, and I just started that. I used to be on Wrong Planet way back in the early days of the internet, and I'm pleased to see that that website is still around. I'll explain why in a future episode. Um... My email address is RadicalEdwardJWT at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Facebook starting April 4th when I get done with Lent. So please remember everyone, normal is just a sitting on the washing machine. We don't get to be normal. See you.